SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. search is over you found it what you've been looking for the definitive culmination of the state of the art of, of sports, sports talk. talk this is the winning edge you're listening to the sports grid radio network listening to scott wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth you call these bagels it's bagels and bad beats with scott wetzel Hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats on this Tuesday, December 29th morning as we uh, close out the month of December, just a couple of days away from uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. And then we uh, turn our attention to 2021, which we all hope can be better and will be better than 2020, that's for sure. Can't get any worse for New England last night as they get blasted by Buffalo 38-9. to So the Bills uh, solidify their spot in the number two hole in the AFC postseason as they get the nod over Pittsburgh at this point uh, because they hold the head-to-head tiebreaker by, by virtue of their win over the Steelers a couple of weeks ago. Josh Allen last night on fire, uh, four touchdown passes, sets the single-season touchdown. Bills mark also uh, uh, they set a record for most receptions in, in a year, Stephon Diggs. So Allen and Diggs both setting marks. Nice trade by Buffalo. Not a bad trade for, for Minnesota as it worked out. They got the Bills' number one pick, and they picked themselves up a big-time wide receiver as, as well. So that, that's a trade that really kind of worked out for both clubs. Uh, but certainly for, for the Bills right now, they're in a win-now situation, as kind of Minnesota is. But still, Bills returned, to, uh, you know, even ran a fake punt. That, that's how bad it's getting for New England. It's getting embarrassingly bad. They ran a fake punt. This is not the first time it's happened against the Bill Belichick coach team this year. It is amazing. They are reaching new lows uh, for, for a Belichick team. Worst home loss, you know, 29 points in, in Belichick's career there with New England. Patriots fall to 6-9. and nine. Uh, That'll be his worst record. They lose. It'll be falling to 6-10, and 10, as I predicted at the beginning of the year. They just got to lose to the Jets next week, which, you know what, at this point is uh, you know, not something that that's so insurmountable that you can't believe Jets are actually, dare I say it, playing well. The Patriots obviously are playing for nothing. No word from Belichick on whether Cam Newton will play next week or Jared Stidham like it really matters at this point. I'm telling you, I mentioned that hour number one. I, I really believe that part of the deal of Cam going to New England was Newton telling the Patriots, all right, I'm going to sign with you dirt cheap, eight, nine million bucks. But I get to start every single game. It's as simple as that. As long as I'm healthy, I get to start. I get to showcase my talent for the rest of the league for the entire year. I'm only getting a one-year contract. It's basically league minimum for a quarterback, believe it or not. Uh, But in return, I get to start every single game. Uh, Will you give me a handshake deal on that, Bill? And I think Belichick said, okay, fine. You know what? Jared Stidham sucks, uh, so you got a deal. And I really think that's why he's still starting these football games, because he's embarrassingly bad. I mean, as good as Josh Allen was throwing for three and a plus yards and four touchdowns, Cam went five of 10 for 34 yards. I mean, and he's missing receivers that are just wide open. I mean, wide open at times when Newton was scrambling around and he couldn't, you know, hit the broad side of the barn. You know, it won't hit water if he falls out of a boat. Pick the little funny little analogy you want to bring up, but he is just awful, just awful. Still has a rocket for an arm, but 
you know, direction wise, forget about it. You just, you know, my wife has a, a more direction in the kitchen than, than Cam does on a football field. And that's saying something. So I don't know where New England's going next year. Quarterback wise, we listed the quarterbacks that would be available. Dwayne Haskins now, Jameis Winston, Mitch Trubisky, um, you know, Gardner Minshew, if you want to go down that far the ladder, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Carson Wentz, no doubt, would be available. I would think, I shouldn't say no doubt, but I would think would be available for the prices right uh, in, in Philadelphia. You know, you want to go all in on Dak Prescott. That's not necessarily the Belichick way. I wouldn't think giving a quarterback, you know, 35, 40 million bucks. Uh, but maybe, you know, they're a win now team in that it's Belichick. I don't think he's going to be saying, okay, I'll get to regroup and, you know, start a three year process. I don't buy that at all. Carson Wentz and Jameis Winston to me are the top two, you know. Um, unless he buys into Haskins so much and he thinks he can turn him around up in New England. But after failing, you know, miserably, really, with Cam, I don't know why he would necessarily think that. I, I really don't. Redskins released Dwayne Haskins. That, that happened, you know, after our show uh, finished up yesterday morning. He's counting $8.5 million in dead salary cap. They gave him $8 million when they signed him two years ago after they drafted him. They used the 15th overall pick in the draft on a quarterback that the owner reportedly demanded that they take. Uh, he cost them eight and a half millions of dead cap space. It cost them $8 million in, in money that they've already paid him. Uh, it's only his second year. They didn't suspend him. They, they could have easily suspended him, right, for, for conduct detrimental to the team. They didn't do that. They could have just benched him and just said, listen, there's one game left. We're not playing you. I don't care what you say. You're, you're, you know, you're being a dope, so get down to the end of the bench. We're not even going to dress you. They could have done that. They could have done that very easily. They didn't even do that with a chance to make the playoffs with one win, controlling your own destiny. You beat Philadelphia, you're in, knowing all that stuff, knowing that it's he's a Daniel Snyder guy, and they still cut him. You couldn't wait one more game? I mean, really, you think about this. We, we, we mentioned the first hour, but it, it needs to be reemphasized. They couldn't wait one more game to maybe work with him over the summer and maybe, you know, lightning strikes, something happens, reality kicks in and then and, and say, okay, you know what? I'm ready for the 2021. I know I was a, you know, a mope last year. I know I was a dope, but I know it was immature. And I know I did all these goofy things, but you know what? I'm all in. They didn't even want to wait one more game to take that chance. That's how big of a jerk he must be. Wow. That's really, that, that, that is just amazing. It really is. Hi, Bagels and Bad Beats on this Tuesday morning. College football stuff coming up next as we break down Dabo doubling down. How about that? Good for him on a Tuesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And be honest. Am I listening enough? Probably not. 16 hours a day. That's all we ask. This is the SportsGrid Radio Network. You know, again, what I've already said, I mean, that it's it's uh, it's a big deal because, you know, we're having to play them. Uh, as I said earlier, there's no question uh, Ohio State is is 
good enough to, to beat us. They're good enough to beat anybody of these four. They're good enough to be the national champion. That's not a question at all. Uh, I didn't rank anybody who didn't play nine games or more in the top ten. Nobody. And then, I, and then after that, I, I said, okay, anybody who played at all, uh, I'll, that's how I'll rank that, you know, that, that group. And uh, that's why they were uh, 11. I, nobody. I didn't even consider anybody. It had nothing to do with whether or not – I mean, I have all the respect in the world for Ohio State. And, and for people not to think that, I, you know, I can't do anything about that. I, I, I think the world of Ryan Day, uh, we've talked many times. And, uh, you know, they're a wonderful program. We recruit against them because I think we have a lot of similarities in, in how we go about our business. So, there's really nothing to it. As I said, you could change the name to any other name, uh, anybody. Uh, Southern Cal had been 6-0. and uh, I wouldn't have had them in there. Uh, so no disrespect. I mean, I, people can perceive and take things however they want. But for me, especially every year, I take it seriously. But especially this year, uh, you know, I just, I just don't think it's right. It's not that they're not good enough. I just don't think it's right that three teams have to play 13 games to be the champion and, and one team has to play eight. Uh, you know, so uh, people have a problem with that. I, I don't really care. Uh, that's just, that's, it's my bowl. Uh, and it doesn't matter who the person was. It's zero to do with Ohio State. All right, there's uh, Clemson head coach, current head coach. Future Jacksonville head coach, Dabble Slinney, I still think. You know, it's strange. He's, I don't mind him saying what he said. He's just wrong. Right? So that that's the angle. Basically, these coaches' polls, first off, nine times out of ten, a coach really doesn't do is the poll. Right? Doesn't really do the poll. He gives it to the SID. The SID fills it out. No big deal. Here, get to, you just go ahead and do it. So maybe, maybe Dabble actually fills out his own. If, if he does, you know, kudos to him. But the issue came up where he put Ohio State last week number 11. Now, why would you do that? He just explained it, right? So, But it, it created some controversy. It, it leaked out. I don't know how it did, but it but it did. They're not supposed to. But it leaked out that he put Ohio State number 11, knowing full well he was going to be facing Ohio State in the semifinals of the college football you know, final four, right? So it leaks out. So he just explained why. Uh, so I, I am all for him doing whatever he wants to do. Uh, I'm all for, you know, what's uh, him putting, uh, you know, any team number 11 that, that he wants to, that that's his right. Uh, he's not really necessarily, he, listen, he's got Trevor Lawrence. He's not worried about Bolton board material. Normally that would be a concern, but you know, ultimately is that going to make Ohio state play any better, get them any more focused? I, I don't know. Maybe it will, you know, maybe, maybe for some players it will. But that's his right. So that that's fine. I appreciate that. And, and, you know, say congrats. You didn't back down. You didn't say, well, it was a mistake. You didn't say it was my SEID who did that. Uh, you didn't say I forgot about them. You, you just said you explained it. However, his logic is wrong. His, his logic is dumb. You know, what, what? even if Ohio State, you know, if, if you think Ohio State's losing to Maryland, you think Ohio State's losing to Rutgers, you think Ohio State was going to lose to Michigan. I really, is that what you're saying? Now, you may say, like he said, well, probably not, but you still have to play the games. Well, then why do you have preseason polls? 
You know, it's all based on conjecture. It's all based on speculation. You think in the preseason polls, you think Clemson's going to be one, two, or three. You think Alabama's going to be one, two, or three. You thought Ohio State was going to be one, two, or three. There's a gazillion preseason polls. We don't wait until week five to have our first AP or coaches poll, right? I mean, we do with the, the you know, uh, the college football playoff, but all the others, they, they start right from the preseason. Before we play our first game, we're getting polls. So why can't you have teams included in those polls, but not here? It's, it's all based on what you think. If you think Ohio State is the best team, I don't care if they played five games, 12 games, 13 games, or two games. You still think they're the best team or the third best team or the second best team, and wherever you think Ohio State should be. doesn't matter if you've seen one game or you've seen no games. You still think Ohio State is the, what, 11th best team in the country? Is, is that what you're telling me? It isn't ironic that, you know, for Clemson, which was on the other end of the stick two weeks ago, when the folks down in the SEC were bitching and moaning about Clemson and Notre Dame only playing nine games because the ACC shut down their 10th game because the SEC accused them of wanting to protect Clemson and Notre Dame, saying there's no reason to risk losing here. Why, you know, accept the loss when that's going to hurt your chances to get into the Final Four? So, you know, they, they turned the tables, I suppose. And maybe he's a genius versus being a dope. I'm not sure. Instead of having to focus on Clemson and Notre Dame only playing nine, he said, well, listen, you know what? Ohio State only played six, so there you go. Deal with that. Maybe that's what his thinking is here. but. It doesn't make any sense. You either think Ohio State is a top four team at this point, or you don't. Again, you know, if they didn't play any games, then okay. It, but they played six. They won the Big Ten championship. They played every good team in the Big Ten this side of Iowa. Uh, they played all the others. You know, did they struggle against Northwestern? Yes. But listen, that Northwestern team is not that bad of a team. But they basically crushed everybody else, even Indiana, which ended up being a close game in the end. But they were leading by three-plus scores. They took their foot off the pedal. They, you know, you can't sit there with a straight face and tell me Ohio State is the 11th best team in the country. You, you just can't. Why he would do this, I, I don't know. You know, I, I guess he's really just spoiled, to tell you the truth. He, you know, he's got Trevor Lawrence. He had Deshaun Watson. I don't think he cares about pissing anybody off. It's it's like being up four scores with uh, three minutes left and he's throwing the football. Yeah, what, what do I care? You know what? You don't like it too bad. I got Trevor Lawrence in my back pocket. So go ahead and deal with it. You know what, Ohio State? If it takes me putting your club 11th to get you motivated to play a semifinal game, well, then shame on you. I, I think he's got that cavalier, who cares? I've won national championships. I might not be here next year. If I am, I got a five-star quarterback that, that darn near beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame, so things are not dropping at all without Trevor. Uh, you know what? My, my uh, cupboard is not bare by any stretch after this year. Uh, we're not going to face each other again until maybe next year in the Final Four. So what do I care if you don't like it? Too darn bad. So, you know, kudos for him, but again, the logic he's using is is wrong. You, you got to put Ohio State in the top four. You, you just have to. You, you can't sit there and tell me a team with two losses or three losses uh, are is better than Ohio State just because Ohio State only played six games. That, that that's just doping. It, it really is. But it should make for you know a nice game. It is interesting also that they put the uh, Clemson Ohio State game second on New Year's Day. Notre Dame, Alabama, which you think would be the headliner, right? It's, it's Notre Dame. It's Friday. 
Uh, it's a holiday. People are off, obviously. You know, maybe that's it. Maybe they're trying to recapture the glory days of, of you know, having a, you know, a, a great New Year's Day lineup. I, you know, I, I kind of doubt it, but um, they put that Notre Dame game um, first. I find that very interesting. Um, does that mean they think it's going to be a blowout and they're protecting themselves? Probably. probably. You know, honestly, probably. But I still, even with Notre Dame in a blowout, it's going, you know, it's, it's like a train wreck. It's like a car crash. People are still going to pull over to the side of the road and see Notre Dame get crushed. Or they're going to, you know, see Notre Dame pull off, a, you know, a historic victory, uh, knocking off Alabama, which, you know, probably won't happen. But, you know, the, the other way around, yeah, it is kind of, you know, you would still get people, you know, fannies to the TV set watching Notre Dame and Alabama uh, if it turns to be a blowout. So I'm, I'm a little surprised they put that with number two. Uh, I am. I, I thought that would be, uh, you know, a Saturday. You know, I, I thought that would be the, the headline game, uh, you know, Friday night. Um, instead, they put uh, Clemson and Ohio State Friday night. Not Notre Dame, Alabama. Interesting. All right. The 844-843-6879. Some more NFL stuff and more college football coming up right here on the Big with the Bad Beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Football, the goal line. Baseball, home plate. Basketball, the net. Sports talk, right here. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. And the Bengals of Bad Beats on this Tuesday morning. A little line change for Oklahoma, Florida. Another Florida receiver. In fact, two of them announced they're not going to play in Wednesday's Cotton Bowl. Uh, Kadarius Toney and uh, Trayvon Grimes, two of their better players out. You know, another wide receiver, Jacob Copeland, announced he's missing the bowl game uh, because of COVID-19. Kyle Pitts, they're, they're really their best player, uh, is opting out of the game. He's preparing for the NFL draft. So four of their leading receivers you know, wide receiver or tight end are not playing, which has got Florida from being a favorite now to a three-point underdog. Um, you know, I like Oklahoma in the game. I liked Oklahoma from the start. This was with no-nothing game for Florida after failing to beat Oklahoma, uh, Alabama. And after coming, you know, relatively close, I never really thought they were going to win the game, but they were then strong striking distance so they knew had they won they would have made the final four but they didn't so even the cotton bowl is a is a you know a consolation prize so they're behind the eight ball from the get-go motivation wise now their four best wide receiver tight ends are not playing i i can't see florida beating oklahoma not that oklahoma is great this year but oklahoma on the other hand is thinking that this is their national championship they win the big 12 start the season uh, you know with a couple of losses early on but they were able to turn things around. They win the Big 12. They never realistically had a shot of making the Final Four after those two losses. So they're they're all in on this game. I, I think Oakland, this is one of the better plays. When, when you look at motivation, incentive, reason to play, and now even talent, 
Boy, Oklahoma laying three. If you could still get that, I got a feeling that line is going to jump up to four and a half, five. I, I really do. Um, you know, without those receivers in the game, you know, uh, Tony was their leading receiver. You know, talk about the, you know, maybe Pitts being their best player, but Tony was actually leading the team in catches, seventy receiving yards, uh, wide receivers and touchdowns with ten. You know, Grimes was third. Uh, with, with nine touchdowns and, and 38 receiving yards, then you throw Pitts in there as well. I mean, this is nowhere close to being the Florida team that was so good offensively this year. So the over-under is 70 in, as well in the game. Now, could Oklahoma put up 50 and the game still go over? Yeah, yeah it could against that Florida defense, in which we've seen Alabama march up and down the field. So I, I wouldn't necessarily fool around with the over-under. I, I can't go under in an Oklahoma game anyway. But I do like the Sooners a lot. And and I got a feeling as we sit here on a Tuesday, come Wednesday, game time, Oklahoma's favored by three. I bet that line is up to at least five. I, I bet it is. And I, and I bet the money will be on Oklahoma in that if Oklahoma scores first and grabs a 7 nothing lead, the in-game line will probably shoot up to double digits. It'll, it'll follow the three. In other words, they won't take the three into account and make Oklahoma a seven-point favorite. They'll make Oklahoma a ten-point favorite. They'll take the touchdown that they scored and the three-point spread. That—that's where you know you, when you follow those things. There's different ways in-game line goes. Sometimes they take into account the point spread. Sometimes they just add on the points. I think they're just going to add on the points. And this has got a you know 35-17. You know Oklahoma's defense is is a little better this year, but it's still Oklahoma's defense. So the, you know Florida should still score some, but <clears throat> you know without those four guys. This has got like 35-17, you know, 40-17, to 17, something like that to me written all over it. I, I just don't see Florida competing in this football game. And I don't know if Trask, you know, does he feel compelled? I mean, he's got to go into this football game saying, what, what am I doing? Uh, my, my four best receivers aren't playing. Why am I playing, coach? You know, what am I trying to accomplish? Well, I'm getting my, my ass kicked out here and killed to be embarrassed on national TV? You know, maybe he opts out. These games shouldn't have been played. It's as simple as that. The college football had no business playing any bowl games. They should have expanded the postseason to eight teams. And anyone else that didn't get the in those eight, you know what? Don't waste our time. Because All right. Well, we're back. Uh, okay. This is. This is going to be a difficult day here. Uh, okay, here, here we go. Yeah, uh, again, some technical issues today, so uh, so bear with us if you, if you will today. So, uh, NBA last night, our system took a little bit of a hit. Now it was, uh, you know, one game was legit, one was not. Nets lose to Memphis. Nets were the play, and the Lakers were the play. Nets ended up getting two. They were a three, four point favorite over Memphis, but no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving. And they end up losing the game in overtime to uh, to Memphis, who lost to John Morant. He left the game uh, in a wheelchair, uh, no less, after spraining his left ankle. Typical play, you jump up and your ankle twists when you come down, you land on somebody's foot. That's what happened to Morant. Don't know how serious the injury is. Uh, you know, they helped him up. You know, he had to be put in a wheelchair to get wheeled off the court. So it didn't look good. But I'm, I'm guessing it's just, a, well, you know, I, we're, we're guessing. I, I said it. We're guessing it's just a sprain, but uh, no update. I'm sure he'll have MRI and stuff later on today. You just hope 
that uh, there aren't ligaments that are torn. That, that's a concern for him. Hopefully it's just a sprain because he is the face of the Memphis Grizzlies for sure. So the Nets were the play last night because they played uh, the night before and Memphis didn't. And while they were playing without Durant and Kyrie Irving, uh, and they did put up a good fight there, sending the game to overtime, ultimately they lost. The other play, which we'll get into here, Lakers uh, laying only three and a half against Portland, which I found very suspicious. Now, you, you just wonder, right? Lakers did have LeBron, and they did have Anthony Davis, who missed the game two nights ago, but he did play last night. So they had their two main cogs, and they were still only a three-and-a-half-point home favorite, albeit no fans, but still only a three-and-a-half-point favorite over dopey Portland, and lo and behold, the Lakers lose outright. I mean, how do they? How do the boys in Vegas, how does FanDuel know that? I mean, on any given day, the Lakers are twice the team that Portland is. So how do they know? that last night the Lakers aren't going to win because it's the back end of a, of a you know, two games and two nights. I mean, that shouldn't be that big a deal, right? I mean, the Lakers were at home the night before. They blew out Minnesota. They, they weren't stressed at all. They get Anthony Davis back for last night's game. They didn't have him against Minnesota. But somehow or another, that line is three and a half. You mark it down now. The next time they play Portland, I bet that line is five and a half, six and a half, even seven, like it really should have been. You know, when I saw the three and a half, I said, all right, Anthony's probably not playing again. But, uh, you know, OK, it is what it is. But then you looked and, he, and they said he was playing. And I said, OK, then probably LeBron's not playing. But LeBron did play. And, and, they, still, and they still lost the game. But more importantly, they were only a three and a half point favorite. You can lose these games, but to be only a three and a half point favorite, uh, that, that, that didn't, uh, something's not right. So, and somehow or another, they know. I, I don't know how, but they know. So the system went 0-2 last night. And then, you know, here's why people get frustrated with the NBA. For the Nets, they lose. All right, no big deal. They lose to Memphis. Embarrassing, I understand. At home, I understand. No John Morant second half, I understand, but it is what it is. No, that's not it. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both decided to sit the game out. And they lose to the Grizz. It's week number two of the NBA season. And these guys are sitting out already. I mean, that is just a joke. That is just an absolute fart. These guys are making 30 to $40 million a year. It's only a 72-game schedule. It's not even the full 82. They have played some preseason games, yes, but they have played four free three heading into last night, and KD and Kyrie are both, not one, but both taking games off because of rest. Ugh, pathetic. Just pathetic. We do this 24 hours a day, working hard to bring you the news you can use. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Continue to have some uh, some uh, line issues here. Uh, we'll bear with us and uh, we'll get through this thing. Uh, you know, if not, we'll just do it over the phone here, Chris. Uh, one more time and then we'll just do it over the phone. But we're, we're talking the NBA and some of the issues they have, and they just don't care about their regular season. It, it, it's simple as that. Um, you know, do they care if they go to two and two versus three and one Brooklyn? No. If they did, they wouldn't be benching Kyrie and, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Durant, both at the same night. You know, you want to bench one, as we were talking about there before we got interrupted. You want to sit to Kyrie, or you want to sit to Durant because of his ankle and his Achilles and his calf injury. Okay, I get it. Uh, personally, I would just wouldn't play him the first half of some of these games. I'd play him the second half and just say sit it out. First half of NBA games are meaningless anyway. But, you know, you, we don't want to put the strain on, on your leg, so we're only going to play you the fourth quarter, you know, which is really when it only counts. I mean, that that makes sense. That says, okay, we're going to protect our investment, but we're also going to try and win the basketball games. But they don't care. They, they just don't care. So there's going to come a point in time where the fan is going to say, I don't care either. You know, they have to come up with a way, and it's not difficult. The NBA has to come up with a way that gives teams incentives to care about the regular season. And all you really have to do is start handing out buys. It's as simple as that. Hand out buys. You know, baseball, in, in, in a way, has buys when you have the wild card teams face off. You win the division, you don't have to face a wild card team, or at least not that wild card game. Uh, you know, the NFL cares. They have buys. You know, the top two teams generally have buys the first, uh, you know, playoff round. Not this year, but years past. You know, NHL, they don't necessarily, you know, that that's, you know, a little more balanced of a league than all the others. But every one of the others, whether it's hockey, football, or baseball, they care about their regular season. A fan doesn't go, even baseball, which plays 162 games, right? There's not a fan out there that really says, well, they're going to tank this uh, today because they don't really care. You know, they may sit some of their starters. You know, they play a night game the day before. They have an afternoon game the day after. So they sit some of the starters. That's happening. But the fan doesn't go into that game. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's give this one more crack then, Chris. Then we're, then we're just going to do it over the phone next time. Uh, yeah. So as uh, we've been interrupted here uh, numerous times, technical difficulties here with, with the NBA. It's going to get to the point where the fans just not going to care about these regular season games and they're going to stay away. You know, uh, you know, a bad little precedent is being started here it, to no one's fault. But with the COVID, with fans not going to games, uh, there's going to be the thinking of, okay, once fans are allowed back in the stands, boy, they're just going to flood into these arenas and stadiums. And while that may Maybe to some, might be to others, you know, the teams that, you know, are mediocre teams. Eh, do I really want to pay my $40, $50 and 10 bucks to park and $10 a beer to go to a basketball game that, you know what, quite frankly, the teams just don't care. You know, the, the Brooklyn Nets last night against Memphis, they just didn't care. So if they don't care, then why should I care? They have to set up a playoff system where the first two, three, uh, teams get buys or, or if they don't get buys, then I've always said that if you're going to have a best of seven, right, let's feed the animal here. And the animal is the NBA. They want to make money. You got to fill their coffers. So they want to have these dopey first round games in which create zero upsets, just zero, right? 
All right, then then make it where the top two seeds or three seeds only have to win three games. The underdog has to win four. Or even better yet, they only have to win two games, and the underdog has to win four. Really give them an incentive. Make it where the underdog gets six home games. The uh, the uh, lower-seeded team gets maybe just one or maybe five and two versus four and three. Really give them the carrot that wants them to win these basketball games. Because if you're Kyrie and you're Durant and you're the Nets, you don't care if you finish in the number two, three hole or the number six or seven hole. You, you probably want to avoid Milwaukee, you know, which figures to be number one when everything is said and done. But other than that, even number two, even facing Boston or Miami or Philadelphia, if you're good, you, you don't care. You, you just don't care. But if you told those teams, hey, if you finish in the top three slots, you know, you're going to get a bye in the first round or you're going to get to play six of the seven games at home in the first round. Come up with. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're talking sports. This is the SportsGrid Radio Network. All right, Bengals are back each on this Tuesday morning as we uh, close up shop with a couple of stories and some winners and what updates poll question. Which veteran quarterback should never see the football field again and should just retire? Uh, after last night, uh, no surprise. Ken Newton leading the way at 74% of the vote. Matthew Stafford getting almost 10%. Uh, Roethlisberger getting 3% and the proverbial other getting 13%. So uh, that'll be posted all day long. Uh, go to your Opposite Picks Twitter feed, and we'll uh, update that tomorrow morning before we put our uh, new poll question out there tomorrow. So, yep, uh, I figured you can. You know, listen, it's kind of hard not to argue that after watching last night, that's for sure. Got a couple of bowl games today. You got one starting at 5.30 Eastern time, Oklahoma State and Miami, as uh, Okie State is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. And then Colorado later on tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern, uh, laying eight against Texas, which seems like a big number. So uh, double-check and see. You always got to check and see, you know, who's playing, who's playing and who's not playing. And I'm guessing there are a number of guys not playing for Texas. So I'm going to steer clear of that game. Uh, I do like the uh, over in the Oklahoma State-Miami game, 60-and-a-half. Haven't had that many overs, surprisingly enough, uh, in these football bowl games. For the most part, they've gone under, which is, is very rare. But uh, I, I like the over in that one, 60-and-a-half. I think Miami and, and uh, Oklahoma State are going to put on a little bit of an offensive show. So uh, give me the over 60-and-a-half. Couple of stories that we didn't have time to delve into too much. I did mention Pittsburgh and uh, Dukey, the Duke Pukey, basketball-wise. Uh, that game got postponed because of the COVID with the Pittsburgh program. Boise State and Kellen Moore seem to be a match made in heaven. The former uh, Boise State quarterback, now the offensive coordinator for the Cowgirls, only 32, uh, reaffirmed his interest in the job. Uh, you know, once the Dallas Cowboys season is over. 
And while it does make sense, I mean, the former, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in Boise State history, that's a big-time program. I don't know if I'd just be handing that to just basically not anybody, but, uh, you know, a guy with no head coaching experience. But uh, I bet that does happen. Good job by the emails, phone calls, and tweets. Sorry for all the screw-up today. We'll do better tomorrow. Be safe. God bless you. Thank you for that beat. Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.